Ooh. <laughs> man. Welcome to None of My Friends Like Comics. This is a podcast where a comic book enthusiast talks to a friend about a piece of work in the medium, and then we break it down to see if that friend who's a first-time reader will pull it or drop it. I'm your host, Nick Poffenbarger, and my ghastly co-host today is the returning Scott Livingston. Uh, 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 uh. How's it going, Nick? Good. Yeah, happy Halloween. Yeah, happy Halloween. Yeah. My Figure, favorite holiday. Yeah, it's, it's my favorite, too. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, last year which was in the first year of this podcast, I thought I should do something for Halloween. That's the only holiday I ever thought of doing like a themed thing for, you know, like if I then I was way ahead on my backlog and I was like, none of this is going to line up and I don't have time to uh, record a different (laughs) episode for it. So this year though, I wanted to rectify that and do something special for Halloween and at least just do like a, a fun, if not kind of dumb, spooky book, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I'm hard pressed to think of a better one than this. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, oh, uh, I guess we should address the elephant in the room too, Scott, because uh, you're on the show and we're not talking about a Frank Miller book. I know. What are we doing? What are we doing? I'm sure he's a big Dracula fan. That's true. He probably thought this was awesome. (laughs) But but yeah, so uh, if you can't tell today, we are doing a special Halloween theme sort of episode talking about a book called Batman and Dracula Red Rain, which is a uh, Elseworlds story. Uh, we'll get into some background info here real quick. Um, uh, it comes to us from DC Comics. Uh, like I said, it's in the Elseworlds uh, line of books. Um, uh, we talked about Elseworlds a lot, uh, well, in a whole lot of detail on the episode that me and Chris did about uh, Gotham by Gaslight in particular. But I've mentioned Elseworlds stuff like pretty much since the beginning of this podcast as being like something that I just really enjoy (laughs) and like a lot. It seems like it comes up in, in more episodes than not. Yeah. Yeah. It comes (laughs) up in a lot where I would just like, I'm just like, make it a fucking Elseworlds book. Like if you (laughs) want to do that or whatever, like, you know, it's like black label. Yeah. Basically Elseworlds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but, but um, for, for those that missed that or haven't heard us talk about that Elseworlds is a cool thing that DC does by letting creative teams basically do like these uh, typically like longer um, issue based, like, uh, prestige bound stories that are uh, out of regular continuity so there'll be like some fantastic thing like the title i just mentioned batman and dracula uh, red rain which is not canon <laughs> it's a whole other thing but a lot of the common <laughs> ones would be like what if uh you know um do batman uh you know fought an alien or whatever <laughs> like or fought literal aliens from the movie alien and like and you're like oh, okay cool yeah yeah yeah, there was a there was definitely a Batman Predator. Was there a Batman Aliens? There's Batman. Yeah, there. So there's Batman Predator. Batman. Batman gets all of them. There, oh, the yeah. Elseworlds is mostly Bat. What if Batman <laughs> X or what if Superman X? Yeah, and that's about it. Like, but uh, but um, yeah, Batman has had. There was a trilogy of Batman Predator books. Um, there was also Batman Aliens, and then there was Superman and Batman versus Aliens and Predator. I missed that one. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> that's one we'll have to put on the list <laughs> one of these days. But uh, but yeah, so like this book in particular, it was actually pretty early in the Elseworlds line. It was like the fourth one to come out ever or something. It was really early on in it, um, uh, but it came out in February of 1992, uh, written by Doug Minch, art by Kelly Jones, inks by Malcolm Jones III, colors by Les Dorsheed, and lettered by Todd Klein. Uh, for a non-spoiler description of Batman and Dracula, Red Reigns, <laughs> Pretty hard to spoil a book with a title like that. They but, team uh, up. But Batman, <laughs> Batman fights Dracula. What more do you need? Nothing. That's the description. Yeah. yeah. No, but <laughs> okay. For real though. No. Okay. So like a new killer uh, has popped up in Gotham and is stacking bodies quickly. Uh, they all have one thing in common. All their throats are slit in like a really weird way. And Batman is obviously on the case. But when Bruce begins to be haunted by an enchanting woman in his dreams, things take a turn for the supernatural. Not to mention his inner monologue gets infected by every goth kid's thoughts. I swear, it's like they distilled Edgar Allan Poe and injected it right into this monologue's veins. And then they had to make it in cursive. Yes. (laughs) Man, so I'm 39 years old and I don't know the last time I actually had to try to read cursive. And spoilers, it's hard to read cursive. You know, until um, just like a few years ago, I completely wrote in cursive. Really? Yeah. I I I wonder if I could still do it. I I used to write that it was just my handwriting. I wrote in cursive all the time. Huh. That's how I wrote everything. And I think it's Fancy. Be- I think it's because uh, like when we learned cursive in like third grade. Like they had us, they they would take, give us those sheets with like the lines and stuff. And you had to practice making big cursive letters and stuff. Yeah. I had fucked up because it wanted us to like copy like a paragraph, but write it all in cursive. And I think I connected too many of the words with like a line, like to make it. Cause you know how it's like, you know, you string all the wor- all the yeah. letters together. So like one long word, I would do it sometimes where it was like, I would draw like a line instead of a space. Like, because it was like, okay. I didn't, I didn't let my hand like lift up, you know? And like, it was like clearly the words Which is separated. the whole point of cursive. Yeah. But like, so the teacher had written that I did that wrong and I wasn't used to like getting bad grades or being told to like do something else. So like I, I, she let me redo the assignment and I did it and I did it correctly. But ever since then, it's like my brain just like trained to like only write in cursive after that. And huh. so I did that forever until like I said, just like a few years ago. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the last time I, it's. It was maybe a year or two ago that like just for fun, I was like, let's see if I remember all the letters. <laughs> yeah. And lowercase, pretty much still still remember them all. Yeah. Uppercase, there's some challenging ones. I think it was, I don't remember how to write a Z. Zs are, uh, yeah, they're like the big. G was kind of weird. G is, like, is a weird one. Yeah. That G really and is. S are almost like mirror images of each other, but not quite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's weird. They're like warped versions of each other. Yeah. Yeah, it made Classic. me it made me feel really stupid when I <laughs> when I tried to read these uh, inner monologue right. caption boxes. And I, a- <laughs> there were times like, I was like there was if we you know when we're going through this book if I if I <laughs> happen to notice this one in particular I'll point it out. But I actually spent like maybe two full minutes being like, what is this word? And I felt really dumb. <laughs> well. That's all to say that even as a person who said I wrote up into I wrote a, I wrote cursive until just a couple of years ago, still pretty hard to read. <laughs> I don't, I don't well, read it makes, well. That makes me feel better. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but I read up a bit on this book's inception, uh, mostly from a Kelly Jones interview, and uh, I thought it was. Uh, Interesting. I'll just go on and say that uh, Kelly Jones is uh, an artist that I really dig. And this book is part of his kind of uh, big explosion 
into being like a household name at DC Comics, especially. Uh, Doug Minch is, uh, you know, a famed comic writer already at this point um, and was uh, already working steadily on Batman titles and other high profile stuff at DC. Uh, Jones at this point had done a few covers for Batman. Like, well, because he had worked on um, uh, some of the more horror and supernatural themed uh, DC books like he, he drew Swamp Thing and Dead Man. And uh, I, I think even at, at this point, a couple of the Sandman issues like really? or something. Yeah, like he, he had worked on that as well. So like, you know, it's uh, he was he was known as a spooky guy. <laughs> and uh, and see why. Yeah. And uh, but, you know, the the Batman offices like uh, Denny O'Neill and it uh, like they were all just like, oh, you know, be kind of neat. Like, I want to see your Batman and, you know, we'll have you do some covers for Detective or whatever. And so he did that. Um, and uh, the two, though, uh, Minch and uh, Jones uh, got introduced and Minch, are, he had already written this pitch up at one point like when they were talking about oh you should do something together and i think like the offices wanted them to pair up and do something together and uh he had this batman and dracula thing like pitched up already and i guess kelly jones heard it like and and he was like he told me batman versus dracula and he thought to himself that idea sucks (laughs) (laughs) and he was like that's awful but because it was doug minch and he liked him and wanted to impress him he was like oh it's brilliant it sounds great or whatever and then he uh, doug sent him the outline and kelly jones was like oh it's actually really good i really (laughs) like this like you know so so you know they they got to work and they made it happen that's the basic story of this one but um scott what did you expect going into this book uh i'm I'm trying to think how to say this without without kind of giving away any of my final thoughts but um i guess it's it's, worth it to say that it's not as goofy as i thought it would be like i expected it to be kind of campy yeah and super uh, cheese ball type thing i i can totally see that especially with even just the title you know yeah i mean we'll get into the reason for the title and whatever which is only partially developed i think in my opinion yeah but uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I sort of went into it thinking like, oh, OK, this is a cash grab that they're just trying to like in my head. I, I didn't do any research at all. I'm like, oh, this was a book they released for Halloween or something. And yeah. they just needed to make some money and it's going to be half assed is really what I kind of thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, but I and I'm only really, um, I guess, not super familiar with Kelly Jones. Uh <laughs> As far as like actual work, I mean, like you said, I'd seen covers and pieces here and there that he'd done. But uh, so, yeah, I, 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 I mean, I expected, you know, I, I, I was familiar enough with his art to kind of know what it would be like. Yeah. Uh, Doug Mensch, I know his name. I, I'm sure I've read other stories by him. I'm sure I, you have. He's and I re- just don't know what they what they are. He wrote a lot of 80s, 90s Batman stuff. So, so I'm sure yeah, you've read. Some I probably of it, yeah. did. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, so as far as the writing, I had I had no preconceived notions at all. So it, it was basically like, oh, this is going to look like Kelly Jones and it's going to be camp is what I is what I kind of went in thinking, which honestly would have been fine with that, too. Yeah. Yeah. I I I think it's worth to mention that um, uh, just us talking about Kelly Jones, because I'll probably mention him a lot uh, as we go on, obviously. But um, I really dig Kelly Jones a lot uh, as an artist, um, our, our mutual friend and, you know, podcast guest on here all the time david uh said something funny the other day when we were talking about doing this book and he said something along the lines of uh kelly jones would have been huge if sam keith wasn't popular yeah (laughs) (laughs) and i was like and and if you've listened to episodes where i've mentioned sam keith i know we haven't done a sam keith book yet but i he's like 
one of, if not maybe my favorite, like comic book artists. I, really? I just, I really love his stuff. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. It just connects with me. Like the work uh, it connects with me really well. And, um, I, I just love his, his stuff, but Kelly Jones is his own guy for sure. But I could see why people would put him and Sam Keith kind of in like the same vein. I mean, they came up around the same time too. Yeah. So it's like they're contemporaries of each other, but, um, uh, but yeah, Kelly Jones, uh, kind of known for like just these like weird, exaggerated, dark kind of, uh, you know, nineties imagery is what mm-hmm. you'd probably associate it with the most. And, uh, um, think, Todd McFarlane, but more uh, stylized than detailed. It's like, it's like Todd <laughs> McFarlane meets Tim Sale. Yeah, almost. yeah. There's like a because sometimes there will be like a minimalist approach to like something, but then it'll still be like this really exaggerated form of like a person, you know, or a character. Like it's a yeah. I don't know. Tim Sale. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Tim Sale meets Todd McFarlane is kind of a good a good. Uh, There's definitely combo. a lot of like the, you know that <clears throat> the way and I I I think to think of like spawn todd mcfarlane wise but like the use of just like sort of negative space with capes yeah you know there's a lot of that yeah and just straight (laughs) up like like really dark like you know shading and stuff like that like it's uh it's yeah there's a there's just a lot of stuff there but um uh for me and my personal experience with this book uh or at least when i first encountered it funny enough scott uh not to start a side tangent immediately, but um, I think this is a good conversation to have. Do you remember the DC event Convergence? Yes. And I remember Kelly Jones did some Batman Convergence thing that I <laughs> don't remember, but I didn't like any of that stuff. So Convergence. Uh, well, well, it's responsible for me checking out this book. <laughs> but but, uh, but it did co- something. Good convergence then. is like notoriously. I'm, I'm not even exaggerating you know like I, I i read it after the fact i wasn't even reading it like during the time when it was coming i remember oh, when I, it came out i got like oh i got a whole lot of those like two issue like, <laughs> yeah spinoff things that came out and none of them were good i bought one of them and it's the reason i bought this book too but yeah. i'm uh so uh convergence though like for for those listening who don't know was a dc event from like i don't know 2016 something around there and uh it was basically dc was moving corporate offices like you know in real life <laughs> they were they were moving from new york to uh california and um they kind of needed a stopgap event where they could kind of do something have everybody do something in advance basically shit it out for the summer while they move and can you know reformat and whatnot in their new space uh so they did this event called convergence of which i think the plot from what i remember was like a multiversal or outside the multiverse version of Brainiac was capturing Earths in the multiverse. I can't remember. And it was basically just an excuse for them to have a bunch of miniseries based in uh, alternate universes that everyone likes. Uh, And they they did take the opportunity to do a couple things. Convergence is the reason that we have like good Superman again instead of new 52 Superman. (laughs) But but like the event itself was just who gives a flying fuck? Like there was the story sucked and everything was just kind of like whatever. And like most of those two issue tie ins, nobody really remembers or thinks fondly of. But there was one that I picked up and it was the Swamp Thing one. That's the, is that the one and, Kelly Jones did? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, when I see Kelly Jones, I'm like, for some, for some reason, I think Swamp Thing. And that must be why. Cause I picked up those. So for me in like that time, 2015, 2016, I would have, I would have just probably read 
Alan Moore Swamp Thing for the second time. And I was super high on fucking Swamp Thing again. So anything Swamp Thing, I was like, they're doing Swamp Thing, but I'm going to pick it up. And so I picked it up, not knowing anything about Convergence. But that whole book is just a piece in time wherein Swamp Thing, from like the Alan Moore run, like it's like in the middle of that run, meets fucking vampire batman and they team up and they do something and i was like and i was like this is awesome (laughs) i I don't even remember that specifics and then i found out that vampire batman was an already existing character also drawn by kelly jones (laughs) (laughs) and and they had a trilogy of elseworlds books about him so i sought this book out and picked it up (laughs) who wrote that spinoff thing do you i don't remember i have the issues <laughs> i think like, i but... do too somewhere <laughs> i got too many comics in my basement yeah fuck but... it. oh yeah no, but it was i i genuinely really loved that mini uh and it introduced me to vampire batman and i was like this is rad i like this Into a lot it. spoilers <laughs> oh let me see here yeah there was i mean i picked up a lot of that convergence stuff though and i sort of funny side story about convergence is uh oh it was written by lynn ween oh (laughs) okay that's kind of neat yeah the two issues swamp thing because that makes sense because he did he did a swamp thing mini after that like a six issue thing really yeah yeah he was like a he didn't didn't he create swamp thing he did he was one of the creators with bernie that's what i thought it's good shit (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the the guy who wrote the actual main convergence story uh-huh. i still don't remember his name it was tom something and there was one day I, I saw on twitter tom king had he made some joke about like he was playing with his kids action figures and it was just a bunch of random characters and he's like oh i'm working on the next big big crisis event and it was just a bunch of action figures laying on a table. Yeah. And I commented on his tweet saying, still looks better than Convergence. And then instantly after I hit send, I was like, fuck, that's written by Tom somebody. I hope it's not Tom King. Not Tom King. <laughs> <laughs> and I Luckily, looked and it wasn't him. It, is, man, it was not him. Yes. I panicked. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> well, you know. Whatever convergence was, uh, <laughs> sorry to uh, insult those creators' work, but yeah. that event sucked, man. It was not good. I, I think it, they would even say that. I, I gave it, <laughs> I gave it the the old college try, man. I bought, like I said, I bought a ton of those spinoffs, and I bought, I mean, I bought the whole the whole main series, so they got my money. Yeah, fair enough. Sometimes you need those shitty events though too uh, that make other things way better in retrospect as well. Yeah. I mean like con- something to compare them with. Yeah. Well, even like <laughs> convergence. I mean like, you know, we can point back and be like, Hey, we got real Superman back from yes. that. <laughs> and I'd forgotten that. Yeah. So yeah. yeah good call. Out. So that's kind of cool. And also too, it's like stuff like, uh, on the Marvel side, I'm thinking about what well, was like a shitty Marvel event from recent years. And I was like, Oh yeah, it's always civil war two, but, uh, but <laughs> civil war two fucking sucked. Nobody fucking liked it. It's awful. I won't take any, defenses of it and uh, and <laughs> it's and it was and it was terrible i bought it i was part of the problem but i, re- I read the first issue and i was like this is stupid <laughs> but when when that happened though afterwards that kind of led into um or it was during the uh hydra captain america stuff mm. that nick spencer was writing that i really liked and then that fed into his event for that like the climax of that with a uh, secret empire which a lot of people either don't really like or it's gets kind of more divisive but I love Secret Empire and I love that run. 
And he uses Civil War two to make that story better kind of thing. <laughs> like, you know, it's like he doesn't ignore it and just be like, fuck that, forget it or whatever. Like, no, he uses it and like it and it kind of elevates that event a little bit, too. And it's like it, ma- it makes you go Man, in retrospect. That one might be yeah, kind of cool if you think about it from this. But then it's like, no, I'm not going to read that again. But whatever. Yeah. It's fine. Well, you know, you know me. I'm not. I'm not really a Marvel guy. I didn't read any of that stuff. But I, I, I remember I picked up Civil War because, like, when Civil War two came out, I was I was trying to dip my toe in the Marvel in the Marvel pond, and I picked that was up a, that, that was a decline year for us <laughs> over there. <laughs> it was 2016. I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't remember the specifics maybe. of that story at all. I was familiar enough with Civil the first Civil War series, and I kind of knew the premise. I don't remember if that was before or after the movie, um, but. I remember reading that first issue and whatever the quote unquote big conflict was, was just stupid. And I was just like, oh, there's no reason anyone should be this upset about this stupid thing. Yeah. And they were trying to do a minority report thing. Is that what it was? Yeah, because there was this new human popped up and he could see the future. So it was like he could stop crimes or let the shield know about crimes about to happen. But then it was like, do you punish someone before they do something like, you know, type of thing? Like it's like. I don't know. It was it was it was dumb. Yeah. And then Carol Danvers was ruined <laughs> for for a while, <laughs> like because it was just like, why would you ever side with her in that story? She's like the worst in, in that story, and it's character assassination to the highest degree. Thanks, Bendis. But yeah, no, but <laughs> but but yeah. Anyway, Batman's yeah, Batman. a vampire. So, yeah, so Batman's a vampire. Uh, I guess that's about it on there. Let's just uh, let's jump on in the story section here. This is where we recap the book at hand, beat for beat, tell you what we thought along the way. That means full spoilers ahead. You have been warned. Uh, so we start off with a scene where uh, it's classic Batman, where a hooker is trying to pick up a dude who's walking by, and the guy is kind of cast in shadow and says he's from Europe. So it's Dracula. Uh, the, di- <laughs> <laughs> the, the dialogue, the dialogue from the woman is sort of uh, bizarre, and in like that nebulous time of the early '90s, like the first thing she says is something like "slumming on the old bop hop friend" or some shit, and you're like, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah, but uh, yeah, but yeah, Dr- Dracula has has no time for her nonsense, and he tells her to be quiet. Then quickly attacks her. He bites her neck, but then drags his fangs across the whole of her throat so that it. looks looks like it was slashed instead of bit which uh, it's not it doesn't explicitly show the dragging and so it sort of does in that first instance you kind of see him like oh yeah i yeah. guess it's kind of like a sound effect <laughs> yeah i didn't pick up on that and so like the first time i read through you know they they explain this later but the first time i'm like is that what the vampires do in this universe? Oh, they, they just, just bite the shit just, out of your throat. Yeah, I was like, that, that's crazy. Also, I wanted to mention, uh, okay, so, you know, we we were talking about how we both like Kelly Jones. Yes. And I, I, I'm going to make comments throughout this, and I don't mean them <laughs> as negative, but you and I have talked off mic that consistent consistency is not one of his strong points no where the same character might look like a different person from one panel to another but i'm reminded of um uh the episode i don't remember what number it was but the one that me and max and our friend josh did about uh the button crossover between the flash and batman and we talked about the consistency between the two artists because there were two different creative teams on that book and uh how fucking Jason Fabic, who is like, I still say is like one of the 
one of, if not maybe like, I think like the best, like just modern superhero artist, but like, solid. <laughs> but, uh, but, um, it's like him where it's like, no matter what panel it is, it's like the, the size and everything is super consistent all the time. And then you had uh, Howard Porter on the other one who was also pretty consistent with his stuff, but he's a bit more loose with it where it's like a bit more interpretive. Mm-hmm. Artists like Kelly both Jones. Good. Yeah. Uh, both you know? great. I thought yeah. I would argue in what they do, but like, uh, but when you get to artists like we're talking about, like Kelly Jones or, or, or someone like Sam Keith, uh, that's not really a priority. <laughs> yeah. It's more about like weird interpretations and making like each panel kind of unique. And if you if you are into like kind of an artsy st- side of comics, like I think that you probably will have more of an appreciation for that. If you're kind of more just like, I just want to see like cool stuff and like, you know, see the cool superhero battles and shit like that with like realism, not really going to get that with these guys. But yeah. And (laughs) I mean, I think what it is really is like, I mean, sort of to your point, when you, when you flip through this, you know, this book, for example, I mean, and I'm not saying it's always inconsistent, like there's consistencies, but I think my impression is that he approaches his art one panel at a time and he he's yeah. more concerned about making the panel look good than he is necessarily about like ah well i mean i know his face doesn't look the same but you know it's yeah fine. but it's like but this is how it looks cool or interesting in this aspect or whatever yeah. like you know yeah i totally agree it's kind of a it even relates a little bit back to the last episode you and i did the uh electra assassin with bill sinkevich exactly it's like same thing yeah there, there's a bit more of a feel of like this guy's going in every day and he's just like I'm going to make put look something cool. on the fucking, you know? put yeah. something fucking on the canvas or whatever or on the drawing board. Like just like just pure artistry kind of thing. Like, you know, <laughs> but well, I mean, while I was going to bring up this point at some point, I, I chose this moment because the second panel of this whole book, uh, we see Dracula. And my very first thought, the, the very first thought I had when I picked up this book for the first time was like, looks like Bill Murray. <laughs> he does kind of yeah. <laughs> sometimes he does yeah he transforms a lot in this yeah, book so but then like, what one two three panels later doesn't look like bill murray anymore. yeah not like bill murray anymore but that first time i was like Is, are we getting bill murray dracula <laughs> it could be it could be but yeah so you know he he kills the lady and uh batman shadow appears after dracula leaves far too late to save the woman though uh we then cut to see bruce sleeping at wayne manor this is later on, and uh, he has a, a peculiar experience. You see, Bruce has been having dreams, dreams where a woman who morphs from a mist that enters his bedroom silently, like, seduces him and stuff, and he can't move. Uh, she floats above him, licks his neck, and he thinks about, like, the mystified state he's in. Uh, words enter his mind about the night, darkness, and an eternal gift, and right before he wakes up, he thinks, then, spiraling darkness, veiled in shifting red mist. As Edgar Allan Poe as fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, there's like the narration of this, like I've I've only got it notated a few times, like in this in this uh episode, but like really if if this sounds interesting for you to read, like it's an experience, man. Like it's just like him journaling like his <clears throat> angsty dark thoughts the oh, whole yeah. time and it's, shit. <laughs> it's very goth kid Bruce Wayne. Yes, for sure. it is. Yeah. But, in a good way. Yeah, in a good way. Like it's not like distracting, I think. Yeah. Like it it it's it totally adds to what they're trying to do. But um yeah, so Bruce uh wakes up and dons his Batman attire, set on investigating these mysterious murders that have been happening. In a really goofy-looking Batmobile. Yeah, I was going to say, we get a shot of him driving in an old-school Batmobile, and uh, the cape is absurdly huge and flowing behind him in that Kelly Jones way, kind oh, yeah. of what we were talking about, where I Kelly like Jones part. does a lot with the cape. Yes. Uh, 
And there's some good examples in this one, but like I think of stuff like Gotham After Midnight or like other Batman stuff that he did eventually. And it's just like, it's the most absurd thing in the world. But it's like, it just looks awesome every time. Like, you know, <laughs> I like, something I noticed about about the cape while we're on that topic uh, is that like it's one of the maybe the only Batman story I've, or Batman book I've read where the cape is actually almost like a. You know, like an old Victorian style cape where it's like sh- comes down in the front, but it's shorter and then longer in the back. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's how Batman's cape is in this. It's like kind of like Victorian, but yeah, still yeah. got like, you know, the pointy. Like, I thought that was an, he saw an Goth- interesting. He saw Gotham by gaslight and he was yeah. like, he was like, I'm going to do that. But, but what better. if it pointed? Yeah. <laughs> but what if it was way pointy, way bigger? <laughs> but yeah. So as Batman kind of patrols, uh, a homeless man is attacked by another vampire and he is ultimately killed in the same way to look like his throat was slit. Uh, Batman doesn't make it in time to catch this murder or catch this murderer either. And he mentally notes that the body count is now up to three, which is weird because there has been no coverage about these murders in the news. And we sort of quickly find out why is because uh, we catch up with Commissioner Gordon, who's having a meeting with the newly elected Mayor Woods. And uh, here is where we get some... uh, kind of ripped from the headlines melodrama stuff that Doug Mensch likes to do. And uh, like, first off, Gordon mentions how there have been 19 throat slashings by his count, to which Mayor Wood says, "Uh, yeah, but there's been more too. Like, you know, even stuff that Gordon doesn't know about as a commissioner of police, which is crazy. And uh, Gordon, obviously frustrated, is like, look, you can't keep me in the dark about this stuff. But Mayor Woods wants to play it close to the chest. And he mentions how he's he's like, think about how it would look if he, who's the first black mayor of Gotham, couldn't protect and maintain order, especially when it comes to like the disenfranchised demographics of the city and stuff. And so but it's like his solution is he tells Gordon to investigate the shit out of this, but to not let any of it leak. Like, don't don't report any of these deaths or whatever. And like and Gordon has one of the realest responses to someone like this I've ever heard when like you tell your boss off, basically. But he said, very well, Mr. Mayor, I'll do everything I can without seeming to do anything at all. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, (laughs) right on. (laughs) But yeah, you could just hear the sarcasm. (laughs) But uh, we cut to Bruce who has a, a similar dream about the uh, missed woman he's been seeing. Uh, he becomes more and more intoxicated by her uh, saying he wants to stay like this with her uh, forever. And uh, she's shown this time to have like some blood on her lips and it kind of like increases as the dream goes on. Like it gets more and more abundant on her lips, which I, I thought it was interesting. And it it's drawn this way throughout the book when a vampire has like blood around their mouth. Uh-huh. It's it's, it's just a very interesting way to draw it. Yeah. It's almost like it's it's almost like it's dripping down mm-hmm. except like in zero gravity in every direction. Yeah, it goes everywhere. Yeah, and, it's 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 interesting. But it's yeah. like it looks like it's dripping up and yeah. down. And like again, not a bad thing. I just thought it was a it's a very unique sort of way to draw that. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I mean it's cool. <laughs> Kelly Jones is nothing if not unique. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so like after that, you know, she kind of fades away and he hears the words we're real in his head and it's like hmm. but funny enough bruce wakes up to be batman again and he feels great he's he's stalking the rooftops and thinks about how close to the darkness he feels uh, more great cape shot yeah how he feels closer to it and how he likes it and stuff and uh he goes on uh to an area with a high population of homeless people since they've been the victims uh it's called the gray fields and finally catches a vampire in the act of attacking someone uh, a woman with a shopping cart 
and uh, Batman interferes and confronts this vampire lady who's way stronger than he anticipated. And she kind of beats his ass for a bit and then yeah. runs off. And when Batman tries to follow her to a dead end, she has mysteriously vanished. So when Batman goes to check on the victim, he notes that there were uh, no slashes on the throat, but two puncture wounds instead. Dun, dun, dun. And uh, we see Gordon at the crime scene and he thinks about how this can't be kept under wraps for too long. And we see Batman go back home to his uh, Tim Burton ass cave. Uh, That plus like Wayne Manor in this book is like a medieval castle. castle. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I just I joke Tim Burton, but like this is this is like more Tim Burton than Tim Burton. Like it's like it's like that's where he got it from. Yeah, like (laughs) there's spiral pillars holding a fucking cave up and stuff and, and like it, 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 it it's it, really cool he has like this ominous like like bad guy staircase that he walks up and shit like <laughs> like around and it's it's ridiculous but in like a pretty cool way like i i think if you like that kind of stuff i i dig it and uh but yeah he he basically it's funny because he gets home and he just tells Alfred to cancel all his meetings and otherwise like Bruce Wayne oriented plans, saying that he's too tired for all of that. Uh, but his inner monologue tells us that uh, that's a lie that he told Alfred and uh, he doesn't want to be Bruce Wayne more so because he can't stand the thought all of a sudden of going out in daylight like it burns his head. Why. Yeah. And so <laughs> he goes to bed and once again sees the mist woman, more blood shown around her lips and he hears the words vampires are real but not all of a, all of them evil. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <Happy Halloween. laughs> but, <laughs> but after waking, Bruce feels like something has changed, something happened last night. He feels something going on with his back. And opts to make a, a late night visit to his physician. Uh, that's that's what we call foreshadowing. Yes, yeah. <laughs> on his way, on the way out, uh, he actually he he tries to get into his Mercedes, uh, and he accidentally breaks the uh, car's door handle. Uh, showcasing a new level of strength he appears to have now for some reason. And uh, when he shows up, the doctor is weirded out that he wants to just see him so suddenly after skipping a bunch of appointments for months. But Bruce just tells him to, he's like, you know, I need my blood tested and to see if, any, if it's all normal. And the doctor finds nothing odd in the samples, but says they'll have to wait for the test to come back from the lab to know definitively. And real yeah. quick, can we just address whatever this tool is that the doctor is looking at the sample in? <laughs> Like I don't. It's like mad scientists, yeah. like fucking, like crazy what shit. What is that? Yeah, that's, that's not real medical equipment. It looks. It's like a. It's like the thing that they put on your head to test your eyesight, but like tenfold. Yes, like just like fifty things. If, if it was designed by H.R. Giger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At this point, too, uh, we we see Dracula and some of the other vampires, and they're like underground. They brought him some young runaways from the bus stops, and you know he opts to take them in closer. And uh, we then see Batman go to meet with an apparent associate who knows her shit about the occult. A woman named Ariane. And I like this lady a yeah. lot. She's probably my favorite character in the Ar- book. Ariane is a, is a uh, is a new character, uh, you know, invented for this story. She's not like a deep cut as you might think when you read this, because uh, they definitely have a repertoire <laughs> already. And I wondered. Yeah, I was. I had to look that up too because I was like, I wonder if she's from like some obscure old ass like yeah, book. single you issue know, yeah, somewhere like whatever, in the but thirties. But no, they they made her up for this. But but uh, but yeah, so. Uh, like I said, 
her and Batman have kind of the repertoire that he has with Gordon, where it's like they don't know that he's Batman, but it's clear that they visited before and, and consulted each other and stuff like that. Like, uh, you I, know. I got kind of like that Leslie Tompkins vibe. Too. Yeah, like, yeah. Leslie Tompkins ish. Yeah. A, a consultant. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. basically what they do is they, they share info and she acts as an expert for him to uh, consult about like the occult and stuff. And it's pretty funny because he just comes in the window and is like vampire lore. I got to know it all now. <laughs> <laughs> like you know <laughs> and she helps him out with you know the knowledge albeit in a kind of sarcastic way uh she's like oh like now you believe me or something like as if they've had this conversation about vampires before <laughs> or something but uh uh the, this is the exposition dump where we find out this universe's vampire rules basically yeah. like you know so uh you, Which, you like mostly line up with sort of the traditional ones with uh, their own sort of twists yeah yeah uh, so so basically I'll, I'll go through some of it real quick but um uh, you can uh you can get turned into a vampire in this universe uh by just being bit that's all you need. If you get bit, it's like the, there's something on the fangs or whatever. It, it turns you into a fucking vampire. You, yeah, know? you don't have to drink vampire. Yeah, blood. you don't have to drink it or, sh- or swap or whatever, you know, like. It's, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, they can uh, they, they also have the ability to turn into bats, wolves and mist. Uh, you can. That's some Bram Stoker stuff. Yeah. That's pretty <laughs> yeah. standard. Yeah. You can also only harm them. And this is a, a decent list, actually, <laughs> compared yeah. to most uh, most vampires. There's only seven. There's things. only seven things we can do. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. So they, they, they can be harmed by silver crosses, which I thought was a funny one to still <laughs> keep. <Wow. laughs> but, uh, but that is used later. But as they, well, that too. is a cool scene. Yeah. Uh, sunlight, decapitation, or a wooden stake through the heart. So uh, they wax and wane. Uh, for a bit after that about how uh, if, if vampires have to be evil and there's some there's some interesting conversation there, uh, you know, because he's curious about what this missed woman seems to be telling him. Uh, but yeah, it's a, in his dreams. Um, they also talk about how the rain. Uh, this is another whole thing. So the, the, the rain recently has turned red when it rains, I guess, in Gotham or the whole world. I don't know. Yeah, they don't, they <laughs> like don't actually specify. Um, but, but I, I assumed it was Gotham and it's like some sort of acid rain. Uh, yeah, like, like uh, well, and, and they, they say it like burns your eyes and stuff. Yeah, so so they say it's due, it's been changing due to chemical reactions because of all the stuff going on, like, you know, the, the pollution and things like that. <laughs> Man, um, I'm glad that's not happening anymore today. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, but yeah, and she says in this scene... That uh, it may that scientists are saying that it may begin to uh, sting people soon, like sting your eyes if it gets in them and stuff. Uh, but is the rain evil? You know, dun, dun, dun. like uh, but just it's just a good excuse for Kelly Jones to draw raining blood. But, <laughs> but anyway, uh, Batman proceeds with his investigation and goes up to uh, Potter's Field, which is a graveyard area for the unknown and the poor who can't afford a uh, plot. Um, as it begins to rain, he finds that many of the bodies have been taken out of the ground um, and he tries to deduce how the grave robbers got away with this and figures if vampires are real and can turn into mist and shit, the best way was through this sewer grate that's like nearby the area. So which Batman proceeds to rip up with his bare hands, thanks to his newfound strength, uh, which he's kind of freaking out about in his inner monologue. He's like, uh, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I don't know, but not complaining about it. He's not complaining. Yeah. But at this point right here is like the last time that he's actually still skeptical that 
vampires are real. Yeah. <laughs> but he's uh, about to find out. Yes. Yeah, so, so he stalks the sewers until he comes across a pile of stacked corpses. Um, he thinks about how that is uh, way more than four bodies uh, that he <laughs> thought were gone. And uh, then the pile starts twitching um, and the base body of the stack then crawls out from the rest. Uh, fangs showing bright and attacks Batman. Uh, the rest kind of follows suit, starts standing up and surrounding him. And Batman realizes uh, these are newly turned vampires and uh, he sucker punches a few of them and tries to kind of run off, but ends up in a den like deeper in with uh, more experienced vampires, not newborns. And uh, once uh, ones who happen to be feeding on some bodies right now. And uh, Batman takes a second, composes himself, has a really cool fucking splash page. Yeah. So he, he, he composes himself and he thinks no choice now trapped between newborn behind me and seasoned predators ahead. I've got to fight. And we get an iconic Kelly Jones splash page that you were just talking about, Scott, of Batman basically uppercutting a vampire while jumping above like a bunch of them. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> it's really cool. But unfortunately, though, there are just too many of these vampires and they start to overwhelm Bruce. Uh, that is until stakes start flying through them. And it's revealed that a group of covert looking people storm in the leader of the group being the mist woman from Bruce's dreams. Uh, but yeah, they have like these like future looking predator two guns, yeah. but they just shoot fucking stakes. And it's, like, it's a grenade launcher for, for, for stakes. stakes. Yes. <laughs> which is, which is admittedly kind of awesome, but yeah, it's really a very simple design. <laughs> yeah. Which late, I mean, later on we'll, we'll see, but like there's a couple of panels where it's like, Oh, he just didn't really feel like designing a complicated looking weapon. Like, yeah, no, it's just sort of a bulge on one end and a smaller bulge on the other. And you're like, cool. OK, fine. That's fine. It works. But yeah. So but yeah, uh, the the big the big reveal being, though, too, that like uh, the leader of this group is the woman that he's been seeing like, yeah. you know, in the mist. She and, is uh, real. She wasn't lying. Yeah. So uh, th- this is Tanya. Uh, she's real and she's a vampire. And she quickly explains that Batman shouldn't fear her and that she uh, runs this group called the Others. But before she can explain what that means, a big old fucked up looking albino man bat guy uh, shrieks in and starts yelling about Tanya once again hunting his children. Because Dracula has come. That panel is also very cool. Yeah. So uh, Dracula, like, you know, he's this big old, like I said, uh, man bat albino looking guy who's flying around and uh he transforms uh back into his non-gross version and gives the uh, command for the others to end themselves and sure enough uh once he says that they all drop to their knees pointing their weapons at themselves barely able to resist pulling the triggers so batman though not being like you know full vampire uh is able to resist and he goes to attack dracula uh, Dracula outmatches Bruce in almost every way, but makes a mistake by slashing at him, causing him to bleed from his stomach. Batman then uses his own blood to paint a cross on the wall directly behind him, creating a stalemate kind of situation because Dracula can't get close <laughs> because this, it's a cross. That sequence, like this is maybe my favorite page of the whole book, actually, like the sequence of it. Like it's cool how the, it plays out. Yeah, it goes. It's very cinematic in that it shows uh, Dracula looking like. You know, like, I fucking got this. Like, I'm Dracula. And Bruce bleeding. And he's like, I'm gonna suck your blood. And Bruce 
you know, he, he or sorry, Batman. Yeah. Uh, turns around. Yeah. He, he puts one streak of blood on the wall, a vertical line, and it shows Dracula's eyes just kind of, the fuck are you doing? And then he draws, and then he draws the, the yeah. horizontal line. Yeah. And then it's just him like shielding his eyes going, Draw! yeah, <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah. So, I love it. But yeah, they, they both kind of hold out just like staring each other down until the sun begins to come up, forcing Dracula to retreat. And I love how he says something like next time your blood is mine. And Batman's then shown struggling to get onto the street above. And he says, if there's any left, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like That's a big if yeah exactly point. yeah but we see gordon uh, in a little scene looking at some evidence and he toys around with the idea that maybe these are vampire killings then basically goes nah and uh <laughs> and bruce uh gets back home and alfred patches him up and bruce keeps talking to alfred like he's not holding anything back from him and he's talking about vampires and shit and alfred is basically like oh he's gone fucking nuts <laughs> like <laughs> Like, he's just like, this is like, he's finally broke. Like, he thinks fucking vampires are real and stuff. Oh, sorry. Another note that the listeners can't benefit from. I'm sorry, guys. Um, There's this panel of Dracula on this other page that I actually took a picture of earlier because I was going to send you, send it to you. Have you seen Renfield? I've I've watched like the first like 10 minutes, but I haven't, I haven't finished it. Because this panel looks just like Nicolas Cage as Batman. Oh, <laughs> it does look <laughs> or like as him, yeah. Dracula with his teeth shining. And, yeah. shit. and I was just like, holy shit, they put Nicolas Cage as Dracula like 30 years before it really happened. Predicting the future. Sorry. <laughs> okay, sorry, everybody. No, you can't see that, but uh, are these pages numbered? No, they're not. So they're not. <laughs> just read the book. You'll see what I'm talking yeah, about. It's a short book anyway. But uh, <laughs> so later on in Bruce's room, Tanya appears once more. But Bruce, this time around, can tell that it's actually not a dream. And as she says that he's strong enough now to kind of like experience their interactions fully, like it's not in like this hazy state. And uh, he also realizes uh, that he's kind of healing fast, like he's not really bleeding anymore. Like he still has the wound, but he's like, huh, like there's not a lot of blood or whatever. And uh, Tanya explains that she needs Bruce's help to complete her mission, which is to stop Dracula's reign of terror before it's too late. And we get her backstory here. Uh, it's it's a little long winded. Uh, it's it's pretty cool, <laughs> but like, but basically, she she's an old vampire that Dracula turned, and she was like a loyal subordinate until a chance encounter that she had with a child victim reminded her of her humanity. Like, basically, Dracula was gonna like kill this fucking like four year old kid or whatever, and was like fucking with him, and she was like fuck that. So she defected from Dracula's legions and began to help uh, other vampires like herself, and they became uh, that group, the Others. Um, she's also like a super scientist or something because she, <laughs> because she invents a blood replacement for her and her uh, fellow others so that they don't have to actually drink from and, and kill humans. It's like a, a plasma kind of substitute thing. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, so uh, she explains how, since Bruce wasn't created by Dracula, that he can resist him like he did in the sewers. And uh, she's been sharing her power with him to kind of like even the playing field, because obviously vampires are like way stronger than a normal person like Batman. Which so. I don't know. And I don't know if you know this. This is a little, I mean, tangential. We like tangents. <laughs> so in quote unquote traditional vampire lore. So if a if someone that Dracula created, a, a vampire Dracula created, create like sires Batman. Would Batman still be susceptible to Dracula's influence? I I would think so. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously not in here, but like, I, but I, think I honestly that, am not sure how that works in sort of the well, I think the, the Stoker verse. The trick <laughs> that they're the trick that they're playing with in that 
and and kind of get around answering it is because he's not technically a vampire yet. Uh, like fair. it like she's sh- she describes it as sharing giving her gifts to him but she has not turned him like he can still go out and in day he doesn't like it but he can go out in day that's and stuff fair. like that like so it's kind of a weird nebulous thing that's not even really clear until like the end of the book if <laughs> like then. yeah even if then you know <laughs> like but but yeah it's like i i would think that if she did full-blown turn him He'd probably be susceptible, but I don't know if that's necessarily like a rule because it's like part of Dracula's brood or if it's just because in some interpretations of Dracula, he's just so powerful. He has control over other vampires. Uh, yeah, like, you know, all vampires. yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter if he made them or not. Yeah, I mean, like depending on some stories you you read or you know, movies you watch, like Dracula is the original. Yeah, they're vampire, all his, they're all know? his children type yeah. of thing. Like, yeah, so. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would think that if 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 Bruce was fully turned at this point in the story, he would be susceptible to whatever Dracula said, like yeah. like how they are, basically. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, who knows, though? It's Elseworlds. Yeah, true. Enough. Yeah, <laughs> they could do whatever. But uh, it's like we only got 80 pages. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they stay up uh, all night, Tanya and Bruce uh, basically coming up with a plan. And when Bruce wakes up the next day, he tells Alfred to get a message to Gordon. Uh, Gordon goes to meet uh, clandestinely with Batman, who brought along Tanya and the others. Uh, so they tell Gordon straight up that vampires are real and responsible for all the murders. And he's just like, yeah, I don't know no, about that. No, they're not. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, I don't know about that guy. No, for real. Shoot this girl. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. So Tanya, Tanya's like, Jesus Christ, just shoot me a bunch. And she and she lunges at him to provoke him. So he does shoot her. And of course, you know, she's fine. And he's basically just, well, fuck me, vampires. Are real. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so they tell him about Dracula and how they have a plan to stop, like, you know, the bad vampires and stuff. And uh, Gordon realizes, you know, he has to do more and kind of expose these murders to the public in an effort to save more lives and stuff. And uh, he goes off, but quickly is uh, taken prisoner by Dracula himself, actually. So nerd yeah so batman in the meantime actually kind of falls ill like he's lost too much blood from that confrontation and he faints and uh, when he wakes up it's revealed that uh tanya did a blood transfusion to heal him well what does that do yeah it's like well what does that do yeah it's like i, I don't know like is he a vampire yet and uh but he he talks to her about their plan with that they made which uh, she says needs to work and needs to work fast because dracula has bruce's friend and this is one of the best moments in the book because yeah. bruce gets like this it's 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 sequenced out very well where we see his eyes like he gets this furious expression Fuck on his, his vampire eyes yeah and, and, <laughs> and he calls out to the friend he thinks was taken alfred like he goes alfred like and he he bolts up to the mansion to find alfred is like fine and dandy like he's just there and he's like hey what's up and uh, alfred is still concerned for bruce not believing his rabid rants about vampire plots but it's right here that some fucking vampires just bust in a way manner and attack so apparently they don't need to be invited in. in no, they in do this not. universe. No, they did not mention the the invitation rules, so they they're <laughs> fine with that. Uh, but yeah, but and then Bruce after right after in this uh, sequence, Bruce Wayne. You ever see Kung Pao enter the fist? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, Bruce Wayne looks like that guy. He does. Yeah, Steve Odenkirk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, like so Bruce. Uh, like in this fight, he ends it. It, like very brutally where it's like he he breaks a chair and then he uses the legs as stakes just to like straight up kill these vampires and alfred is like oh fuck vampires are real <laughs> like everyone has that we're, reaction we're all gonna figure this out eventually. yeah and i like that they take the time for everyone to be revealed like holy shit vampires <laughs> are real but uh but yeah and bruce tells him like you know 
hey, like just go to the place, you know where to go. We got this, I got this plan and, and Alfred, you know, we still, we still don't know what the plan is as the reader, but like Alfred's like, you were serious about that? Like what the <laughs> fuck, you know? And so like, he's like, just go, just go to the place uh, where we're going to meet or whatever. And uh, we see Dracula ramble a bunch to uh, the captured Jim Gordon. And uh, he talks about how uh, the blood, <laughs> he does this whole rant about how the blood of like modern humans, like modern humanity uh, is just like making him fucking nuts. <laughs> and, and and it's and like, so that's why he's just like randomly decided to go balls out. And he's like, I'm going to take over this fucking city, <laughs> whatever. Like, who cares? And it, he's basically like, fuck this. Fuck you. I'm going to take over everything. I don't care. And I mean, it's like, like he would. Yeah. And you're like, all right, cool. Crazy Dracula. But uh, he also says he's going to bleed Gordon to death and use him as bait to draw Batman out. Uh, meanwhile, in the main vampire lair, uh, Batman infiltrates along with Tanya and the others. And I love the detail of him using silver batarangs. Yeah. We see that and, a bunch. Which yeah. I didn't pick up on that at first. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Like there's a, a panel somewhere. Maybe it didn't happen yet. I yeah. It happened. <laughs> where like there's like a drawer that he opens and it's full of white batarangs. And I was like, oh, the colorist messed up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, oh, no, those are silver. I was I like, is this it. a Moon Knight book? No. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah. Like, but uh, but it, it, I also love how like in this scene when he infiltrates uh, it, he is revealed to the vampires by throwing a few of these like silver batarangs. And when the vampires turn to face him, he just says, boo. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's like this big imposing like Which panel. A, a very good panel. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they start like just brawling it out, you know, of, uh, but uh, there is a strategy this time. The others are actually kind of like using like their weapons and stuff to like bottleneck the bad vampires and like force them to follow Bruce, like chase after him. And Bruce leads them through the sewers until they reach the bat cave. And it's here that Tanya tells Bruce, she's like, go ahead. Uh, she's like me and you know, my brethren or whatever will hold them at bay. And Bruce makes his way up to the mansion, hits a detonator, blows up the bat cave and Wayne Manor. Yeah. Well, well at first it's just the bat cave. Well, <laughs> yeah, he hits the bat cave and uh, morning light starts to shine through killing the vampires it touches both good and bad we even see uh, tanya valiantly kind of sacrifice herself to pull a bad vampire into the light to make sure that they're all gone you know and uh just for good measure batman secures himself in a weird metal coffin thing <laughs> yeah, that was weird and he blows the mansion uh it blows the whole mansion up to get the rest uh the plan has worked and dracula now has no army to control so Bruce, uh, oh, and uh, Bruce is really sad that Tanya died. He loved her or something. And, um, uh, <laughs> he he so, thought he did. Yeah, you know? he thought they, he did. They didn't know each other that long. Yeah. Also, th this is another point when the 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 shots of of Wayne Manor sort of falling below. It's like, oh, this wasn't just a medieval castle. This was a whole medieval village. Yeah, like, yeah. The, the Wayne Manor is just it's massive, just gigantic, yeah. and looks very medieval. Yeah. <laughs> But as some uh, first responders kind of arrive at the wrecked mansion, uh, they assume that Bruce is dead because they're like, there's no way anybody survived this. Right. And uh, but we see Bruce come out of his coffin thing and he admires, you know, the handiwork um, until he feels the pull of Dracula and knows that this isn't over. He sees him fly away in the distance, you know, and uh, later he meets Alfred at the city uh, Brownstone that they were meant to fall back on if Wayne, uh, you know, Manor was ever to fall or the Batcave, which is literally the plot of the uh, current Batman uh -huh. going on, <laughs> which is funny. I love that. <laughs> I, I couldn't help but notice that. Yeah, yeah. I, I kept thinking of that, too. It's like that <laughs> Zdarsky stuff where it's like, except for that's a bit more of like a, a not as good excuse because Wayne Manor's still around. He just doesn't own it or something. Well, right now, but, but it was right? also sort of the I mean, they also sort of use that idea in the Dark Knight. 
They'd, yeah, because he had the safe house or yeah. whatever. Yeah, or like Wayne Manor had been destroyed in the first movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, very true. Yeah, they love doing that to him. I don't yeah. know, but the, the like mo- taking away his house and his money. I yeah, yeah. Well, what's so funny about the the modern Batman stuff, the Zdarsky stuff? I know that he, he's trying to work it in as much as he can, but it just seems like such a non-problem because like they're like, oh, remember like he he doesn't have Wayne Manor anymore, but he's got this brownstone that's like perfectly fine. Yeah. But don't worry, and, he's, yeah, he's still. And he, was, he can still be Batman. Well, yeah, like, and, oh, okay. and they're basically like, he's not a billionaire anymore, but he is a millionaire. So it's <laughs> like, and I'm like, okay. Also, like he, Alfred has all his money, so he can just. It, well, that's just a shell corporation. Yeah, and you're like, what? Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Alfred like, is his money launderer. Yeah, it's like I feel like I feel like at any time Bruce could just in modern continuity just go up to like Lucius Fox or whatever and be like, hey, I need my money back, and they'd yeah. be like, yeah, yeah. sure. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> or I guess I think I think in in the current comics. I'm trying to remember now. I think because Alfred's still dead in the main. Alfred is dead line. in the main. He he books. left all his money to Dick. Yeah, because Dick Wayne. has a bunch of money right now, and so he's Wayne. dumping all his money into like charities in Bloodhaven and stuff, which totally unrelated. That Nightwing series is awesome. I've only read the first arc, but it was really good. Oh, it's still really good. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it. It's it's dis. I don't even want to use the word disappointing. When I get an issue that's not Bruno Redondo, I'm a little oh, disappointed. On art, yeah. But it's all been good artists still. It's just like, man, like his art makes that book. Anyway, that's a different. He is great. That's a different conversation for a different. Time. It's all uh, it's all Batman stuff. But, <laughs> yeah. But um. so, yeah, I mean, Bruce, like, you know, they're they're in the brownstone and uh, he's basically like, fuck Dracula. I got to get him, you know, and uh, oh, this is where the, the drawer full of silver batteries. <laughs> yes. Yes. So and uh, Alfred mentions how. uh yeah, because he's going through this whole thing and he's like, we have everything that we need, you know, uh, here uh, besides a place for the car. And here it's revealed that the thing with Bruce's back <laughs> that they keep building up. They, I know we only mentioned it once. They go through. They, there's like three other times that yeah. they mention his back. What's wrong uh, with your back? Yeah. Uh, he has fucking wings now. Bat Liter- wings. Literal bat wings. Giant bat wings. And because of these, he says he uh, has no need of a car and uh, goes off to find Dracula. What do you like, think of this reveal of him ha- having literal bat wings? I mean, it's wild. This, this was the kind of camp that I, I referenced that I was sort of But it's expecting. treated like so seriously. Yeah. Like it's like it, I, I kind of like, love it, like where it's like just I mean, it's not my Batman. So I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. He's got I mean, wings. why not? I, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it's like, well, I mean, like Dracula can just full on transform into a demon batman yeah. <laughs> or whatever so like i don't know in my mind this sort of universe's mythology would suggest that like he didn't have to have wings all the time true enough but apparently he does so <laughs> yeah. that's fine yeah. i mean it, it is what it is it serves the story you I know? Re- how else is he going to spoilers fly through the air <laughs> fighting dracula <laughs> They're like, we got to get that shot of them both flying at each other. I mean, other. it's a cool... We'll get to it. It's a cool yeah, scene. But I love his little monologue as he first flies off where he says, first flight, final hunt. And after the gauntlet hurled above the manor ruins, my quarry will hardly be hiding. And I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. <Fucking> get him. <laughs> like, so Dracula taunts Gordon some more. And uh, it's revealed that he took over the bats from the bat cave. Yeah. And is making them go crazy and like terrorize the area, which is interesting. <laughs> How he can do that, I guess. And, uh, I guess, yeah. It, uh, you know, we see Alfred uh, tries to drive through the streets to keep up with Bruce as he's you know flying around. 
and uh, Bruce finds Dracula. I, I like that a lot, actually, where Alfred is just like, fuck, fuck, fuck. He's yeah. in, I see him. Oh, shit. Where is he? Yeah, he's yeah. like <laughs> trying to fall like, you know, Batman's flying, just flying like, like straight the, there. Like yeah. the bat flies, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, he's just trying to keep an eye on him. Like I got, I got to keep up. He's trying to go, but yeah. So Bruce, though, he he finds Dracula. They have a big old dumb fight, and it's actually <laughs> it's actually really awesome and full of great shots and lines. Uh, in the commotion, Batman frees Gordon, who tells him to take that bastard down, which is a good moment. <laughs> but uh, Batman uh, gets Dracula kind of on the ropes using his silver weaponry and Dracula tries to escape by flying out into the open while the lightning and red rain are starting to come down. Uh, Bruce follows as does Alfred from the road and they clash in the air. Like uh, Scott was talking about there. They have this epic ass encounter <laughs> like with lightning behind them and shit. Cool as hell. It's pretty awesome. Uh, you know, each, you know, kind of just fighting for their lives and uh, they end up outside of the city limits, uh, still tussling in the air. And at one point, Dracula bites Bruce right on the neck. So we're like, he's going to be a fucking vampire. And (laughs) and, uh, Bruce counters by stabbing Dracula in the neck with one of the silver batarangs that he has left. And lightning strikes a tree below them, splintering it. And they both start to fall because they're like kind of grasped on each other. And Dracula is impaled, landing on a broken piece of the tree, which acts as a stake. And Dracula fucking melts or something. And (laughs) and Batman... He looks like, I mean, I know we use this comparison a lot, especially with DC books, but like he looks like when the flash dies in crisis on infinite earths, like when he just turns into bones or whatever, like, you know, it's uh, it, it, he just melts like it. So I honestly like, so we mentioned, you know, before we started recording, uh, I only actually read through this proper once. And then I, you know, I kind of reviewed visually twice after that. And never once did I pick up because every single time I was like, but where the fuck did that stake come from? And oh. like, not until you just said that, like, oh, sure enough, there's a panel where it's a power line that gets uh-huh. hit by lightning. It's yep. like, oh, there it is. And then, yeah, yeah, that's it. That explains it. <laughs> I, I didn't really care. I was just like, sure. Yeah. Random stake. The way the rest of this book has been like, I mean, it's Elseworlds. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's, they just got stakes. Every once in a while, Kelly Jones puts just some, in puts case. some effort into it. <laughs> he wanted to show, he wanted to show it, but uh, but yeah, so you know, Batman kind of stands victorious over Dracula. Uh, but when Alfred makes his way to Bruce, Bruce falls and thinks to himself that he is dying. And Alfred screams out in his best Michael Caine moment, <laughs> going, No, 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 I'm sorry, Master Bruce, or whatever, you know. <laughs> and uh, uh, we cut to a week later. And Mayor Woods, actually, uh, this is an interesting little scene at the end here. Um, but uh, Mayor Woods holds a press conference to announce that he is stepping down and will take full legal responsibility for not being truthful during these investigations of these murders and like for kind of being skeevy. You yeah. Know? He's like, I, it's not the right thing to do. And it's not very realistic. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's <especially> like <laughs> Gordon and Gordon then thinks on how in uh, Mayor Woods kind of leaving them, uh, he actually became the honest man that they could use now you know <laughs> like a good guy in office uh, now but you know obviously ain't gonna happen right now so cutting to alfred we see him grieving at a, a grave for bruce and he thinks on how bruce's actions saved them all he says his goodbye to bruce's grave and uh, we see the reading of bruce's will um he give it basically it's just alfred there and uh, he gives it all to alfred but he says like 90 percent of the fortune is going to a new foundation to help the homeless which is like it's kind of nice you yeah. know after theming it after this whole adventure and Alfred makes his way home to the brownstone and down into the makeshift Batcave where Batman lays upon an altar. 
like an altar casket thing. And Alfred says he can't believe all of this. When he found Bruce by that tree, he exhibited no signs of life. But Batman interrupts and says, I am dead, Alfred. But don't worry. Bruce Wayne may be gone, but the Batman will go on forever. And Batman then rises, fangs showing bright. And the narration caps us off by saying vampires are real, but not all of them evil. And that's the end of Batman and Dracula, Red Rain. I do love that last panel. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's him with really the fangs. Good. Yeah, it's awesome. Very good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we could go into some overall thoughts here. Um, you know, I, I I gotta say, I know we brought up the art and the uh, kind of the aesthetic of the writing, like kind of being like, you know, your, your gothy kind of journaling and stuff like that. But like, uh, I think this book just kind of works really well. Like everything like is kind of... <laughs> firing on the exact cylinders they want it to you know like it's a it's not trying to be anything else than what it is it's, yes <laughs> and it's better than it kind of has any right to be i think <laughs> yes i would agree i would agree wholeheartedly um you know as i said going in i was expecting you know camp and there's a bit of it in there i i, I guess i should clarify i love camp yeah like, <laughs> yeah camp I, is not does not equal bad um, and there's definitely some goofy shit, but like in a good, like a really good way. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's not, there's a, at no point are you like, this is stupid. Yeah, no, I mean, like, and the book like takes it serious enough, but not so serious that it's like, it's know, still fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's still a fun read. And like, um, I know I, I might've mentioned it up top. I'm not sure, but, um, this book did spawn a trilogy. Like there's yeah. a trilogy of these Elseworlds books of just continuing this universe. There's two more books. Um, uh, Which, well, yeah, like yeah. so. You and I had <laughs> talked about this a little bit, but when when you initially were like, oh, so okay, so yeah, Nick texted me. He said, "Hey, have you read that book where Batman becomes a vampire?" <laughs> <laughs> and I, a practically lifelong Batman fan presumably would have heard of this before I hadn't and so it was yeah, that surprised it, me I was yeah, like I, I it thought, surprised me I thought for sure that you would have either already read this or, or or knew about it at least because uh I wasn't even gonna text you at first but not because I wouldn't have wanted to have you on for this episode but I was like oh no Scott's probably already read that you know which and, is a safe yeah, assumption yeah, yeah. really <laughs> and then Elena was like no you should ask him because you know yeah, who knows? And I was like, okay, sure. And then, so yeah, yeah. I, I literally I googled it and said Kelly Jones, and you were like, yeah. I was like, I've never heard of this before. But like, then when I went on, you know, trying to just just looking at what is this book, I found the like the only version that kept coming up because I didn't know we were doing specifically Red Rain. I just yeah, the I just one. knew Batman. Vampire. slash vampire and there's a collected edition uh, just called batman vampire that is apparently all three of these yes and it's like 200 some pages and i'm like i i don't have time to read all yeah, that right no, now no. so i was relieved that we were just doing this one yeah yeah no i mean um it it's uh it's interesting because like elseworlds there are ones that have gotten sequels um or like you know longer and multi-part like stories and whatnot but it doesn't it didn't happen too often especially at this time with it being so new, but like those books though, did take them quite a while to do 
after the fact. Like I think the second one came out like three years after that. And really? Then, yeah, after the first. And then because Kelly Jones got more busy, right. you know, like yeah. put, drawing actual Batman all the time. So yeah. so it was like, but and then I think even the third installment, the trilogy, uh, was like a couple years after that. Like they weren't done like consecutively. Like it was just like they came back to this thing like every few years, basically. I and mean, that's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah just a little side neat. project. But um, <laughs> but yeah, if uh, if 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 you are interested, I think actually the best way because the Batman Vampire Collection, which is like Scott was saying, all three of those stories uh, in one bound thing. I think that that's out of print, so it's kind of more it's expensive. Kind of expensive, hard yeah. to find. I think it's like seventy dollars. The solution is DC started doing. Um, those Elseworlds printed uh, books. Um, they're just like trade paperbacks filled with Elseworlds collections. Oh, yeah. Um, the Batman Elseworlds Volume 2 is just the vampire stories. It's just these three, if that's what you want. <laughs> you know, and that's still in print. You can get Yeesh. it. For, yeah. You can get it. <laughs> like, you know, so I, I love that that's just Volume 2. They're like, oh, the vampire shit. I don't know. <laughs> like, but, that makes sense. Yeah, but it's kind of nice to have them all together, you know. Um, but yeah, like... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, some somehow this book just like kind of works on all levels, and the sequels. I will say I won't spoil because we may do them in the future one day. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, who knows the next few Halloweens. But but uh, I'll hold off on reading them. Yeah, then, in case you want to ask me back, <laughs> not but, uh, inviting myself, yeah. but just saying. About to do the next one. The next <laughs> one is called Batman Bloodstorm. Okay, that's worse than Red Rain. Yeah, and the last one. <laughs> the last one is uh, Crimson Mist. Oh, that's after the storm which, which passes. Which is thematically kind of the same, I guess. But, <laughs> but yeah, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I think overall, like, it's just kind of a fun read. I mean, like a fun, like Halloweenish story. For like, sure. if you want to read something like superheroy and and you know, kind of just with a with a legit kind of like goth aesthetic artist and and some good writing, uh, I think it's a good one for that. Um, I will say, I think the one like big complaint I have and. I let a lot of things go in this story. One, because it's in Elseworlds and two, like, because I'm like, ah, you know, they had 80 pages or whatever. <laughs> like they're just, they're just trying to get the shit done. I do think it's kind of weird that they never explain exactly or try to give a, a faux explanation as to how Tanya is able to share her like abilities with him without yeah. like turning into a real vampire. <laughs> like yeah. it's kind of strange. Like I think at some <laughs> like, point there's there's some line about like I'm here to give and not take, and like, that's about as far as it's they like, get. Okay, I mean, well, I like, what? But I don't know how that works. Like with a vampire, like it's like, just does that mean she bites him but doesn't take his blood? But she like clearly never bit him. Like you know, it was like all we saw her. Oh, I thought they did. We I saw her she did at some point. I thought we just saw her lick him. I, I, and we then, didn't see that. And then she was like, just like breathing like mist into him. Uh, <laughs> but she, they, the close, I mean, they do do a blood transfusion, which that yeah. I was, which that I was curious. I was like, how does that not make him a full blown vampire? But you know, whatever. but that was after he already started showing sort of signs. True. So, but I, but I think, the, yeah, I don't know, but I think the implication of like when he quote unquote dies after fighting Dracula is that Dracula's bite makes him a full-blown vampire that i mean that would try yeah I guess. <laughs> it's like but yeah i mean that's a good point i guess i i didn't actually really even pick up on that i was just, yeah i think i just assumed that she like oh yeah she just like bit him but yeah i don't know yeah i don't know i i i, I dig it um i also think it's kind of neat to see this was like kelly jones's kind of first like real foray into like really drawing batman like you know he had done the covers and stuff for for a few issues but like this was like and and he himself has said in the interviews too like he's like he's like it was nice because since it wasn't like an ongoing or something that like needed to come out i just like kind of hold myself away for like 
you know, six months and did this book. Yeah. <laughs> and it was and like, like well, and, and, and there's so many, I mean, I'm not going to list any because frankly, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but you know, that, that is so often the case where it's like, man, if you just let an artist just go off and like no deadline, like no, like monthly, whatever, like, Hey, finish the thing and come back to us. And like, that's why there's so much good, like creator own like a lot of creator own stuff where they'll just finish it and then they'll come and be like okay it's done yeah because they're passionate about it you know and like and and they get the time to gestate with it and you know tweak it to how they want yeah i mean instead of like oh shit i I gotta have this finished by tomorrow you know i think like in any art form or any kind of medium like deadlines can be a good motivator oh for sure but like you can just tell like when you have uh when you have an artist that is passionate about what they're doing to the point where they just they just need the time. It's not that they like you have to crunch down on them. It's like, no, like they're inspired and they just want to do the thing. Let them do the thing. You as know? long like as <laughs> and this is, you know, speaking artist to artist, as you and I are both like musicians, as long as the person making it is not a perfectionist to the point that they will never be done. Yeah. Like a winter <laughs> sun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, or yeah. like Alsatia for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, like, you know, it's it's that's what I mean by like just the the inspired bit of like, you know, someone like Kelly Jones is like he's not going to like tweak the fu- tweak it the fuck yeah. around to the point where it's never going to be released. He it's knows like he just, when it's done. He just needs the time to properly do it, you <laughs> yeah. know, like, and, but yeah, um, no, I, it's, it's just good stuff. I actually thought it was really funny. Um, in one of the parts of the interview, I guess I could talk about that now it, since, uh, I don't know why that would have been a super spoiler, but, um, uh, this book sold super fucking well. That's why yeah. like it got two sequels, I mean, you know, yeah, that makes like, sense. but, um, what's funny is that it came out, um, it ended up coming out the same week as, uh, Batman judge dread, uh, that crossover. So, so like, I think I have that somewhere. And, and he writes about how, uh, he was like, they were, they were putting like all the marketing behind fucking judge dread Batman. And he's like, which is great. Like, cause it's a, it's a good book. Like, and he, he was like, he was like, I really like that crossover. And, um, I think the, the artist, I forget his name, Simon, Simon, I think it was his name, but he, uh, he was like, every time I saw his pages turned in, I was like, Oh my God. And then I found out they were coming out the same like week. And he was like, Kelly Jones was like, I'm fucked. Like, he's <laughs> like, he's like, no one's going to buy the fucking Dracula fucking Batman book because everyone's going to be buying judge dread or whatever. Like, and then fucking like the next week, the sales numbers like came in and Batman Dracula like blew it out of the water. Yeah. And like, like, <laughs> it, it didn't need marketing. Yeah. Everyone was going to buy it anyway. <laughs> it like blew it out of the water. And that, uh, the other artist on, uh, Batman Judge Dredd was like, what did you do to me? <laughs> but, but yeah, like, you know, it, it was, a, it was a cool success and a cool way for Kelly Jones to like, you know, like I said, he was already working for DC, but this like, this was what made him like a Batman guy, you okay. know? And like, and, and by my money, he's, he's one of my favorite Batman artists, like or Batman guys, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> that could kind of define an era. Like he, he's definitely the, I mean, like, yeah, like you you see his art and like you know who it is. Yeah. For sure. Love it. And it gets you in the Halloween spirit. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, that, I I'm hard pressed to think of a more Halloweeny uh sort of mainstream comic book artist. Yeah, maybe like a maybe like a Dave McKean, maybe. Maybe. But that's still that's a totally different kind of Very thing different. too. Like I mean, like you know, it's just kind of creepy in general. It's yeah. not super. Kelly Jones feels like Halloween. He does. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, we we mentioned Tim Burton earlier yeah. in this book, so yeah, yeah. it feels like Halloween. <laughs> but yeah, uh, well, I, I guess uh, did you have anything else you wanted to mention on this one, Scott? Or uh, uh, I, I I guess the only other thing I I would sort of bring up is like 
you know, we talked about a couple a couple times we mentioned sort of the inconsistency in the the whatever the more and, interpretive art and, style. And yeah. I I I just want to make sure that doesn't come across as negative because it isn't. Um No, I think I I I consider it if if an artist is like if an artist is like a truly expressive worker like a Kelly Jones, like a Sam Keith, you know, that that type of thing like I I, that doesn't bug me at all. In fact, I think it works to the benefit of the books that yeah. they that they work on. However, if you have an artist like that and you kind of force them to do something or, or something like that, it usually yields pretty bad results. Yeah. But but Kelly Jones and someone like Sam Keith and stuff, I've never seen anything that I didn't think was like short of just like pure, like honest kind of art, you know? Yeah. Like, and <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I guess my, my comment was just going to be like, minor inconsistencies aside there i mean there's a, a lot of fucking beautiful art in this book yeah uh, and he only gets better i think as the as the couple years i think this is before like what i would say is like like peak kelly jones art for me you know like yeah. um like i love the the dead man stuff he did before this as well too like that's just some and that's I, some shit that doesn't even need text it's I like just like that. just just look at it. It's cool. You know, like, but, but like specifically yeah. like the, there's like these sort of mo- more than once in the book, like three, like I guess two to four panel, I would guess, uh, sequences of transformations where it's either transforming from like, like Dracula transforming either from like that creature to quote unquote human or vice versa. And like, there's just, there's just a lot of fucking really cool stuff. Yeah. Art wise. So you like know- I, I just want to make it clear I, I am the opposite of talking shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when that, I say inconsistent, it yes. Is it inconsistent? Yes. Does that matter? Absolutely not. It's fucking beautiful. Yeah. And you gotta yeah. put your brain in more of like an interpretive mode yeah. to read stuff if, like that. If that kind of stuff makes you uncomfortable, like if that makes you mad, if that's a pet peeve that like like there's a it's not my pet peeve. There's one part in particular where there's it was that epic splash page that we called out. Um, and for most of the book, Batman has the, you know, the yellow oval with the bat. Uh-huh. Literally. So that's on that big splash page. Literally the next, the paid next page turn, you turn the page, the first panel, no yellow oval. No yellow thing. And, like, <laughs> and that's the kind of like little things that like, they, they bother the back of my brain. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, I can, I can look past that. Yeah. I could take it as just like a, a fucking like, a whoopsie days. You know, yeah. It's or, fine. Or, or even just like a, a passionate kind of like, just, you know, I'm drawing it this way <laughs> or, or whatever. you know, like we said, hey, you know what, man? If you think that, that looks better, do it. Yeah. yeah you know? Exactly. <laughs> because, I, I, you know, as I, I think I put, touched on at the very beginning, like, I would say like, you know, like, I, I think, I think when he drew this, like when he did this art, he wasn't terribly concerned about it being sequential he was just like this is what's happening in this panel i'm gonna make it good as look as good as i can yeah and then next panel like don't care what that last panel was don't care what the next panel is i'm gonna make this panel look as good as i can and he did that yeah i totally agree yeah i um kind of reminded me when you were talking about uh the panels of like the uh transformations and stuff um uh one great kind of marriage of the art and the story in regards to this book uh, and in regards to those sequences is the fact that uh, metamorphosis and transformation change, I guess, is kind of a theme in the book. Like, you know, it's yeah. like through the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, Bruce is obviously changing the entire book. 
um alfred talks about the uh water contaminating thing we skipped over that but um, yeah. uh, there's a scene where he talks about the water kind of supply being uh changed by the red rain which has been changed because of you know pollution there's change is a big thing <laughs> like yeah. you know and transformation and you know obviously dracula's constantly transforming and looking different um you know it's uh and you know his bruce's surroundings transform and change you know it's like it's it's all about like there is a theme there there's some legit like yeah. good like just creative writing stuff in there like more like again more than this book kind of probably deserved to have like with the concepts <laughs> yeah. you know like it's a so there's big credit to doug minch on that too because this is like a clearly well thought out narrative and he's a good writer and i know we've rambled about kelly jones the whole time because he's the kind of the star of this book i think but like but doug minch does a a really good job as well like, oh, yeah. you know? <laughs> like it's be, because this book could have been really stupid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like Kelly Jones said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he thought it would be. Yeah. yeah. So, the, but if you just say, "Oh yeah, Batman's gonna fight Dracula," it's like, you know. But there's there's more meat on the bone. It's done well. Yes. They like nobody call, nobody phoned this in. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Makes it kind of a special little thing because I mean, like I I I know I've ranted about Elseworlds books on this show forever, but like you know some of them. Yeah, they could be pretty poorly put together, but they're still kind of fun, you know, at least. Yeah. I've never not had fun reading an Elseworlds book, even if yeah, it's because like... Yeah, <laughs> at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's just like, oh, that was neat, you know, or something, or that was that was not a waste of my time, yeah. you know. But like, but this one is like, this is some top tier Elseworlds stuff, I think. It's just, it's just good stuff. I liked but, it. And, uh, and like I said, I... I Honestly, can't believe that I didn't know this was a thing. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe next year we'll have to do Bloodstorm. <laughs> you know, I'll I'll put my blinders on. I won't even yeah. I won't even Google it. Well, I guess I'm. Uh, I, I guess fairly obvious at this point, Scott. But I got to ask you the obligatory question of: uh, Is uh, Batman and Dracula, Red Rain, would that be a pull or a drop for you? If I can find it for less than seventy dollars, then it's a pull. (laughs) (laughs) I think you shouldn't have too much of a difficulty finding that. But, but yeah, all right, cool. Well, um, thanks for joining for the the old Halloween special. It's been a an an honor and a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hope you all listening are having a a good spooky season. You know, uh, it's a good time of year. My favorite. It's the best. And you get to talk about Batman fighting Dracula. <laughs> it's like you can talk about that anytime. That's true. You could talk about that anytime. You think. Hey, listeners, you don't need to wait till next Halloween. I'll talk. I'll talk to you about it anytime. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to wait till next Halloween to read this book. Go out and buy it now. Yeah, it's good stuff. It, I don't it work is, for DC. It is fun. Fun. Stuff. You don't even have to buy it. You can find it somewhere for free. <laughs> but I don't advocate that either for legal reasons. That's true. We didn't officially say that. No. <laughs> well, there you have it, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to support this podcast, please check us out at patreon.com slash none of my friends like comics. So you get bonus podcasts, movie commentaries, and you get this show a little bit early for as little as a dollar a month. Never expected, but it's always appreciated. Uh, follow the show on Twitter at no comic friends for updates. Email the show at none of my friends like comics at gmail.com. Mark it okay to air. We'll read whatever you put on the air. Uh, be sure to check out Now Listen to This. It's a music podcast where me and some buddies from this show actually dissect albums and stuff. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and lastly, if you like the show, tell your friends and family who might be interested to give us a listen. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you on the next page. And happy Halloween. Bum, Ha, 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 ha,